Bonjour, hola, and hello. Welcome to another episode of Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Jacob Dupree, co-host, um, aka the commissioner, and with me tonight is, as always, when I lead this sucker off, my very quote-unquote special friend, Jance. Jance, how are you doing tonight, amigo? Very well, sir. How are you? I'm licking all of my fantasy wounds because last weekend was a painful one for me. I, I believe I'm going like two and three, but it's okay. We're on the mend from the one and four with the week before. The first time in fantasy history where more people lost games than won games, which I'm not sure is even possible. <laughs> is, but is it's that, how it seems. <laughs> Everyone lost. <laughs> Nobody won. No, and like it just seems like fantasy scoring the past like three weeks has been the haves or the have-nots. There's not been the mesh of the in-between. I, I know we, we maybe we can talk about this later, but uh, I took a gander at the scoring leaders at running back and wide Ooh, receiver. Wide receiver – Almost exactly copy paste what we had for ADP. You know, you've got Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hills up there and Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. But you go to the running backs and it's just a mess. That essentially, if any of us drafted running backs high, you would have you would have been better off drafting oh running backs. Just for kicks and giggles, I'm gonna read the top twelve because I'm on um fantasydata.com, which by the way, great website. I found it the other day. Gives you a lot of good info from a lot of years. Like I looked back when we first did fantasy football, so like 2009. I was like, oh yeah, Priest Holmes had a pulse. That's for that. Yes, it's cool. Um, but yeah, here's the top 12 for running backs, just for kicks and gigs. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Jamal Williams, number five, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette at seven. And then we all saw these next four. Damian Pierce at eight, Brees Hall at nine. Uh, Miles Sanders at 10. Hey, Jance, see that? Number 10. C-H- I basis, though. <laughs> hey, I you watch your mouth. CEH is 11. Dalvin is 12. Let's just click fantasy points per game, shall we? Where is Miles Sanders? 14. And it's just because he's behind by 0.1 points. But that's what? That's still top 15. Yeah, yeah. But do you see who's right behind him that might jump him? Uh, yeah. See, the right. Dalvin Cook is Aaron Jones. JT is in the back there, there still. Shush, shush, Jonathan shush. Taylor is back there still. It's fine. I'll be fine. I'm not, <laughs> I ain't worried about nothing, baby. Um, so speaking of running backs, we're going to go from a kind of light subject to a womp womp moment. Uh, Rashad Penny fractured his fibula. It's a bone in his leg right around his ankles where his fracture happened. First off, Rashad, if you ever hear this, which I don't expect you to, but dude, get better. The second off, yeah. this sucks. Because this is the first time he's actually popped off, looked good as a running back, and he was finally getting that kind of traction underneath his name of okay he can actually be running back and then this happened um so first off once again get better from a dynasty perspective i'm done d u n put him on your ir be happy with life and just i hope you have ken walker on your team yeah this is worst case scenario for him in a lot of ways and it's unfortunate because we've thought of rashad penny as I don't know if you want to say accident pro or not accident injury pro, excuse me. <laughs> that too. But this is one of those injuries that like it's not a hamstring, it's not pulling something. It's like it's a freak deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the way that goes. But at any rate, if you were a Rashad Penny owner, you wanted him to have a good year and you wanted him to stay healthy. So at minimum, he'd be in timeshare next year, or he'd be improving his stock so that he could play somewhere else if Ken Walker really was the future. So yeah. There's no good way to spin that if you're a Rashad Penny owner. Maybe he comes back next year healthy and plays, you know, like he did at the beginning of this year. But it's just whenever you invest 
in a running back like Ken Walker, like the Seahawks did, it's hard to envision a scenario where Penny's going to have the timeshare that he's going to need to be valuable. And I'll even say this because remember, because Rashad Penny at one point in time was that guy. He was the running back they invested into that kind of kicked Marshawn to the curb, that started kicking other guys they had on the team, like even an, uh, an elder statesman, Carlos Hyde, for a hot second to the curb. Um, so, I mean, like you said, with Ken Walker now breathing down his neck, here's my next question to you is, how high or like what are your expectations for Ken Walker now in dynasty aspects? And we'll obviously redraft is with this because this is fresh for everybody. But whenever you see Ken Walker, he's probably going to have the first and second down. What they showed us in the game uh, yesterday was Travis Homer, DJ Dallas are going to come in for the occasional third down. I believe Travis Homer carried most of the third downs, but with Rashad Penny or Rashad Penny, RIP with Ken Walker, at least being the first and second down on an offense that is surprisingly good. Like what are your expectations for him the rest of the season? I think your hope is that you see him continue to develop. And what I mean by that is it wasn't too long ago, about two years ago, I guess Jonathan Taylor's rookie year. If we remember for Jonathan Taylor's first 12, 13 games of his rookie season, it really wasn't that good. And he had all the touches had plenty of reps and it was the last three or four games that it just clicked. And he kind of went on that run. And then obviously last year he was a stud. Um, that's kind of what you're hoping for because his first few weeks from, from an efficiency standpoint, from a touch standpoint, has not been that good, honestly. Um, but I would say he's probably going to get in that 13 to 17 carry range, much like Rashad Penny was. Now, I would say that he's probably going to get more catches. Surprisingly enough, I know coming out of Michigan State, didn't catch a lot of passes. But in two of his, let's see, in two of his four games that he's played, half his touches have been catches. So whenever he's been in there, he's been catching the ball. We'll see how much that goes up with, you know, increased snap rate. Mm-hmm. But I would think that he'll probably get a few more catches than Rashad Penny. And I'm probably looking at that running back 15, 16, 17-ish. I mean, it's mid-tier running back two, which you're definitely going to start and redraft. And you're certainly going to start in Dynasty more than likely if you have him. So this is – not the way you want to get there. You never want to see an injury happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. But this is why you drafted Ken Walker. This is why you held on to him and redraft is you just bide your time. You wait till he comes in. And then you just want to see him, you know, get his feet under him and see if he can kind of begin to get this NFL game under his feet, so to speak. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I feel like he's going to – as he gets more exposure, that he's going to be able to see those cutback lanes a little bit quicker because in the game last week, I mean, one of his carries went for 69 yards and a touchdown, which was a great run. Um, I think that the game will kind of slow, start to slow down just enough for him to where you can finally kind of start seeing those consistently. Um, right now, Fantasy Pros has Ken Walker as the number 14 running back in Dynasty rankings. Um, I'll just list the, the four guys ahead of him. Would you rather have Ken Walker or Travis Etienne? Probably Ken Walker for me. Not because I mean, Travis Etienne this past week kind of showed why he's so highly rated. But ETN, I don't think he can ever be that, that be the guy. He'd be the guy because he's just not gonna get enough touches on the ground, whereas Ken Walker can. So I think the upside's a little bit higher. And I think that problem opinion. I think that probably answers the next three because the next three is uh Alvin Kamara at twelve, Dalvin Cook at eleven, Nick Chubb at ten. And for me, compared to Dynasty, I if they're even remotely somewhat in the same sphere, I'm always gonna take the younger guy. And in this context, it's a much younger guy than these yeah. three so I, I have no problem uh, then here's the next two since we kind of we agree with all those i think we're going to find a disagreement with one of these next two maybe 
maybe actually crap four. This is like, I don't want to be reactionary just because this happened and, you know, we're excited for him, but like genuinely, if he gets the touch, I think he has, or if he gets the touches, he has the skill and the ability to jump all the way up to running back six because above Nick Chubb at 10, there's Javante Williams at nine. I think you and I would both agree. We'd rather have Ken Walker over him just because he's playing for the next year and a half. Like we talked about in the previous podcast, even though uh, with you and I, yes, that happened. Uh, and the week happened, but go back and listen to the first half of the episode with Jansen. and I, I believe that was two episodes ago where we talked about this. Um, then there's Joe Mixon at eight. That's a tough one for me, but I would probably lean Ken Walker if I really forced to make the decision. That's a close one, though. In a, in a vacuum, I'll take Joe Mixon just because he is still mm. what I would consider in that elite-ish 26 tier. on what should be good offense. Yeah, he's got probably at least another year or two after this of relatively good production. So if you're a moderate to good team, the decision's easy on that mm-hmm. one. So I think I still give him a slight edge. And then just above that's Austin Eckler and then uh, Najee Harris at six. Oh. I think you and I are just further down on Najee than majority of people, but honestly. That, and that's what shocked me the most. Is whenever we looked at ADP, at least the ADP I was looking at before this season started, in a lot of leagues, Najee Harris was going, number, was going second. In dynasty, in a lot of drafts, running back, and just to see how far his stock has fallen. I, I know I've mentioned this a million times. People were tired of hearing. I have him in a league, and I'm not starting him this week. I mean, I cannot believe I've gotten to the point. I'm going to start. Clyde Edwards Lay over him. I'm going to start Jeff Wilson over him, and I'm going to start Raheem Mostert over him. That's where we're at, and that's so sad. It's just, and the problem is, I don't see it getting any better anytime soon at this moment. No, and we'll we'll continue that conversation when we get to the quote unquote breakdown of the mauling that was the Buffalo Bills destroying the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but yeah, no, so that's why, like, I think there's a very very real argument that you can move Ken Walker from where he's currently at on Fantasy Pros at number fourteen, realistically, probably up to anywhere between number six to number eight, depending on your conversation. It's just it's really between him, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler. How you want to put those three? I understand, but and, and, and to the credit, and to his well, to his credit, to the team's credit, no matter what we felt of Ken Walker, the one drawback is we thought this Seattle offense is going to be garbage. Yeah, we're going like, to be in the suck. mud, and that's not the case right now. This oh. is a good offense, so even in that realm, his expectations should be a little bit higher than what you may have had it. Definitely, definitely. Um, so moving from that, I have, I have a, I have a. Little game for you, my friend. Would you like to participate? It's a trick question because you have to. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So this, this is called Factor Crap. Okay. Basically, I found eight things, eight stats that are 100% factual or 100% craptual. It's up to you to decide which one is which. Okay. No <laughs> pressure. It's just, you know, all 12 people are listening. Okay. So <laughs> running back one on the year through the first five games, excluding the uh, Monday night game. Nick Chubb is currently three and a half points better per game than Saquon Barkley. Is that fact or is that crap? I'm going to say fact because he's, he's been so dominant. Man, I, know, you, I know he's number, I know he's number you, one. I don't know how much. You are astute, my friend. And once again, fantasy data is where I found these. Nick Chubb is averaging 21 fantasy points per game, which is lower than what we've historically seen for running back one, but so far it's early. Saquon Barkley is rocking 17 and a half points per game. Half point or, or full PPR? This would be half point. Okay. Yes. And even in that, the fact this is a man that does not catch the ball to be 
number one is truly amazing. Honestly. Yeah, no, no, it, it's that's ridiculous. It's absolutely crazy. Also, the screen updated. He is officially he's two point. He's two full points better than Austin Eckler in half PPR. So my thing lied to me. Uh, he is two points, three points better than Saquon in half point. But still, for a guy who has six receptions on the year compared to Austin Eckler's 31 and Saquon Barkley's 18. This is ridiculous because this was a guy people were drafting and redrafted about the third round, mid third, late fourth, something like that. And yet he's currently the running back one. Obviously, I mean, he has seven touchdowns, which is 1000% propping him up. But I don't know if that's going to change because it's how this offense is working. (laughs) Yeah. The offense hasn't really been the problem for the Browns. No. All right. Now, let me look this one up real quick since this had to be dumb for me. Let's see here. Okay, so in standard leagues, Raheem Mostert is averaging – okay, Raheem Mostert has been a better running back for fantasy this season than Najee in standard leagues. Factor crap. The way you, the fact that you're asking me and you're phrasing that way, I want to say it's fact because Najee nope. couldn't, he, he couldn't have scored more than eight fantasy points a game in the last three weeks. But is it a trap? Because it is a trap. It probably it's is a trap. trap. <laughs> but the fact that the perception is that close is what's the problem here. Uh, Raheem Mostert in standard leagues is a whopping point one points behind Najee Harris. And in, uh, in fantasy this year, Najee Harris is number 29, Raheem Mostert's number 30. And I will also tell you that Najee Harris has 12 more carries and six more receptions than Raheem Mostert. Um, I know we're, we're, we're going to talk more about this game later, but like just as, as Najee managers, both in redraft and dynasty, what, what, what's your thought process? What's your heart telling you right now? I think all you can do is just hold him. I mean, that's really, you're not going to get anything in trade value at the moment, more than likely, because everybody sees the same thing here. And it's the same thing in redraft. You drafted him so highly in, in redraft. There's no way you would want to cut bait on that just because you know that there's, there's always that potential there, maybe. So I, I think everybody's in the same spot where you just hold him and you just see how this plays out. And just once again, to further drive this point home, Raheem Mostert is only 3.1 points behind him in half-point PPR leagues. Najee's not been good. And like we've said, I don't think it's going to get any better. Um, okay, once again, standard league here. Tyler Lockett is currently a top 12 wide receiver just ahead of A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and Devontae Adams. Fact or crap? I want to say it's fact. And I'm sensing the theme here for me. I want to say it's fact <laughs> just because this has been it's been one of the more consistent seasons for Tyler Lockett. I mean, he's, he's gone from the guy. Gabe Davis is Tyler Lockett now, and Tyler Lockett is a consistent <laughs> player, it seems like. You, my friend, are two for three. Ding, ding, ding. It is indeed fact. In standard leagues, Tyler Lockett is ahead of A.J. Brown, ahead of Mike Evans, and ahead of uh, Devontae Adams as of tonight. Because I know Devontae Adams already has like a 50-yard touchdown reception, so that might change. But it's just, once again, this team that we thought was hot dookie fire is 1,000% not hot dookie fire so far as uh, this league is unfolding ahead of us. Tyler Lockett in half PPR league is actually number seven, which is significantly ahead of those three names that I mentioned. 
the next guy that I see down here is Devontae Adams at number 18. Uh, and A.J. Well, Brown's at number what, 11. There it is. What's amazing here, save for that Denver game, which was a, which was a slob for everybody, where he had 28 yards on three catches. After that, here's a stat line for the next four games. and You may be looking at this as well. Nine for 107, nine for 76, six for 91, and five for 104. I mean, if that's not the measure of rock solid, I don't know what to tell you. That is rock solid. That's one of those things that you, you close your eyes and you just play him because, like, what else can you do, honestly, right now? Um, all right. So, moving on to another one. Once again, sticking standard leagues because your boy made a little error in the process of it. But still, it's opening some eyes, I feel like, for me at least. <laughs> Um, CD Lamb is averaging less fantasy points per game than Josh Reynolds. Fact or crap? They've played the same amount of games. Is it true in standard leagues? I'm going to say it's crap because I don't want to believe it. I know Josh Reynolds has had like two really good games, but maybe I'm crazy. Man, you are smarter than you look. CD Lamb is only 0.2 points ahead of Josh Reynolds in standard leagues. When it comes to half-point PPR leagues, he is only 0.6 ahead of Josh Reynolds. Now, I know Josh Reynolds has had a great like sequence of games here, but I feel like is this more of a question, once again, going back to our conversation about CeeDee Lamb in the offseason and how like where is he at in establishing himself as a one, or is this just like what is this right now? Well, I think it's TBD for the moment because the biggest problem we've got with the Cooper Rush experiment and – Mike McCarthy made this clear, I think, today in his press conference as well, is that while Dak's gone, this is a defense first, run the football, game managed type of offense. And whenever you only throw for, what is it, 102 yards yesterday? Mm-hmm. I don't care if Devontae Adams is out there receiver or Tyreek Hill. Your ty- in your, in your, in your target share is 50%. You just can't do anything when your offense is only generating 102 pass yards and, I think, 17 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. I mean, so but, it's not it's not it's not good for what you paid for right now. I want to see once Dak gets back and in theory they begin to push the ball downfield more. I think we'll we'll obviously learn more. It's not it's not great. And I guess my question is those like the Cowboys have seen that this is a recipe that's working. I'm not saying it's Cooper Rush. There's not a quarterback controversy. When Dak Prescott comes back, he's going to be under center. Do not hear that. At least he should. If he doesn't, Mike McCarthy has gone punch drunk and is listening to Matt Rule, who, oh, by the way, got fired. So, probably should have led with that, but whatever. That's that's in the ether. Well, <laughs> and to go on top of that, the one thing if you're a CD Lamb owner that you've got to be happy with and you've got to hope – got to believe will continue is through five games, his targets as follows. goes 11, 11, 12, 8, 8. And in his last four games, his yards totals, despite them not passing the ball downfield a lot, is 75, 87, 97, and then 53 last week when they threw for 102 yards. Even so the he is the passing is, offense. That, even the 53 is a startable guy. Like, you're not happy about it, but at the same time, you're like, oh, okay, it could be worse. CeeDee Lamb's biggest problem, we've all seen it, is if, if he could just be consistent and catch the passes that come his way consistently, he would be fine. But how many games – it seems that every Cowboy game, he drops at least one to two balls mm-hmm. that he should catch. And that's two receptions and probably another 20 to 30 yards he could have every week if he would just secure them. Every single week. Um, hey, Jance, in uh, standard leagues, fact or crap, Jahan Dotson is averaging more fantasy points per game than the following list. CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, D.K. Metcalf, and Cortland Sutton. Fact or crap? I'm going to say it's crap. 
I, I have a feeling that maybe it's fact, but the fact that he got injured and has only played, well, I guess he's, what, he's played four games, three four games. games. Four games. He's missed one game. So I could see where it's it's possible, but I want to say crap because just those are some good names you listed. You are incorrect. It is facts. In uh, standard leagues, Jahan Dotson has more points than all of those stud bona fide wide receiver one wide receiver ones that I just mentioned. What? And if you want a sell high candidate in redraft, obviously not in dynasty, but in redraft, Jahan Dotson is your guy because to your point, with those numbers he's had, he hasn't had more than four catches in a game. But yet. And he's had four <laughs> touchdowns in yeah. four games. That and he's in he is the number three off option this offense. Make no mistake. So this well, is not sustainable. <laughs> but let's let's park this bus right here for a hot second. Obviously, Carson Wentz, since week one, has an affinity for looking for Jahan Dotson in the red zone, even though he's not like the biggest guy in stature. I feel like there has to be some claim there because Logan Thomas is in and out of the lineup. For whatever reason, Terry McLaurin is just a blind spot in Carson Wentz's eye. Curtis Samuels, the leading target getter on that team, yet Jahan Dotson's averaging pretty much a touchdown per professional game that he's played. Right. Well, like. I know that's very fluky and that's not going to be like, he's not going to have 17 touchdown receptions this year, but I do feel like we have to have that conversation of he's getting looks in the red zone. What's to say that's going to not continue because apparently it's been working so far. No, I, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but I will say it's, it's not the same as like an Alan Lazard. So Alan Lazard, for instance, besides his 106 yard game last week, mm. he's been exclusively a touchdown guy. But the reason why, for instance, I'm a big believer in Alan Lazard and why that can continue is it's very obvious that he is the one veteran that has Aaron Rodgers' trust, and that's who he looks to in the red zone. That's a believable story or narrative you can give me, and I can see yeah. that. John Dodson, as a rookie, he just, he's not established enough for me to just quite jump into that deep into that pool and just say, hey, he's for sure his bona fide red zone threat. And now that might be easier. Alan Lazard is six foot five. Yeah, he's six John five, Dotson like 220. Well, he's not small. He is not a large man. He's not Calvin Johnson reincarnate. Oh, so miss Megatron. For those two factors alone, I will continue to have hesitancy on that. But I do want to see how it works out whenever he comes back. If that continues, then we can have this discussion here in a few weeks and re-examine it. Jahan Dotson, the 5'11", 182-pound pillar of light in the red zone. <laughs> of a man. 100%. I mean, listen, <laughs> once again, this is a guy that you and I love in the pre-draft process. We're like, we hope he's he goes great. to someone who needs a receiver. I guess he technically went there, but we'd rather it be not with a crappy team. And if you if you draft, if you drafted Jahan Dotson in your dynasty, you've got to be ecstatic. I mean, oh my it, gosh. it's you only been running good laps in the street. The biggest problem you've got to have, and I've got to have, as somebody that has him in a few leagues, is where's this offense going in mm. the future? I mean, Carson Wentz is probably not the solution here. Cameron Corn just signed a long-term contract, so he's going to be there a while. Curtis Samuel, if he continues to play like this, he's not going anywhere a while. So where are these targets going to come from is a big problem. Uh, and as long as Carson Wentz is floating around back there, like, it's weird because, once again, like, I might have a weird thought, weird affinity for Carson Wentz, but he's – Either yes or he's no. He's hot or he's cold. He's in or he's out. He's, he's able to produce low. fantasy stats on some of these weeks, amazingly enough, but this just can't continue from a professional standpoint. Otherwise, changes are going to happen. Trying to see when Jahan Dotson's um, ADP was in rookie drafts. The closest thing I could find is um, from Fantasy Football Calculator from hundred only 138 drafts. So take it with a little bit of grain of salt, but he was the 112 
uh, tied for the 112 with Damian Pierce, I think that's going to be the steal of this draft so far. Yeah, it was it was right around the the one two turn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a lot of love for Jahan Dotson. I miss him. I want him on my team. Anyways, Geno Smith. This one doesn't matter if it's half point PPR or not. No, no. Geno Smith is averaging more fantasy points per game than Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Tom Brady. Yeah, that's an, that's an actual easy yes for me on the fact. That is a layup fact, my friend. You know, Geno Smith, I believe I heard the stat is QB. But this, this is probably in six point per touchdown passing. So the stat may be different for four point. But I, I think last I heard he's QB four on the season. Let's see I here. I know it's up there. According to fantasy data, he is quarterback five in six point okay. per passing yeah, touchdown. So, so we're right there. And that's the thing. And we talked about running back being so messy. Quarterback is super messy. <laughs> Do you I want mean, me to read is... off the top 12? Yes. Heck, I'll go top 14, 15 because there's zero percent. All right. So the top like four, cool. Yeah, I can understand. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. Expected names. Then there's Geno Smith, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Once again, two guys like, okay. Jared Goff is number eight. Carson Wentz, number nine. Pat Mahomes, number 10. Yes, with one less game. Um, Kirk Cousins, 11. Tom Brady, 12. These next three blow my freaking mind. Daniel Jones at 13, Russell yep. Wilson at 14, and Jacoby Brissett at 15. Holy gross. This is a weird thing. It, they have no weapons. But if you've been watching the Giants the last couple of weeks, you've Dude. got to be somewhat encouraged by Daniel Jones, both from a real-life perspective and fantasy, because he's, he's much more concise in his decision-making. So kudos to him on making that adjustment. And he's running the ball every single week for 30 to 50 yards. So he's not – I'm not going to get on the Daniel Jones soapbox and say he's a quarterback, you know, a quarterback one type yeah. of material right now. But in a quarter, in a two-quarterback league right now, you could do worse. Dude, I – like, he's a trade four target that I'm trying to aim for in a lot of my leagues right now, unsuccessfully. But, hey, Jance, here's a fun question for you that I just found on spot. Who has more rushing yards this year, Daniel Jones or Josh Allen? Probably Daniel Jones because Josh Allen hasn't had to this year. <laughs> Daniel Jones has five more rushing yards than Josh Allen, only trailing Jalen Hurts by 36 yards. Like, once again, let us let me sink that into brains here. Jalen Hurts is only 36 more rushing yards than Daniel Jones. Preseason, everyone's like, well, Jalen Hurts can run for 1,000 yards. Currently, Daniel Jones is on that pace too. He has more rushing yards than Josh Allen, more rushing yards than – Justin Fields, Mariota, Kyler freaking Murray, which that's a different story and why he's not running. It's almost – it's tough to say that if the, Gi- if the Giants had any weapons that he could throw touchdowns to, he would be having a very – I think a, a good fantasy year because that, that's his – that's the reason why he's not as high as he could be is he has a lot of rushing yards, decent mm-hmm. amount of passing yards, but there's just – there's no red zone activity in their passing game because there's no one to throw to. And that's – it's just no – it's absolutely crazy the fact that we can say that sentence and it actually makes like log- logical and logistical sense that there is a ceiling for Daniel Jones that is yet unmet because you give him Wandale, you give him Kadarius, excuse me, Kadarius Tony back. You keep seeing next steps from Daniel Bellinger, the rookie tied in. Maybe Kenny Galladay comes back and looks like a sham of himself instead of just a dead man walking. He could. His, would you Wait, be so they, bold to say his ceiling's like a top five, top six? The two key. I don't disagree with you that he could be up there because of the rushing floor. But the two keys for this season and the future, 
as it stands now. It'd be nice if they had Sterling Shepard. But if Wondell Robinson can get healthy and be what they've drafted him to be, mm-hmm. and if Kadarius Tony could ever – I don't even <laughs> – Dude, I don't know what's, what's going, going on, on here. I don't Supposedly, know what's happening. Now he's got a hamstring injury with both hamstrings. They're talking about putting him on the IR. I think he just said something about uh, Dabble's mom or something, and he's, now he's just in the doghouse for forever. If they can get both of those guys health in the field, I think things could improve greatly. One of those is probably a good possibility. The other, whatever. Just, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. This is so confusing that this team, once again, coming into the year, is like this team is garbage. Yet, guys, they're four and one. They're one of the better teams statistically in the NFL when it comes to win loss record and when it comes to defensive statistics because their defense has been really good. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk. Listen, and they're not the New York short people anymore. They have earned the New York Giants. They are back. They hit like they had the bean from Jack and the Beanstalk and they just keep growing and growing. Okay, you ready for another quarterback one? Aaron Rodgers is averaging less fantasy points per game than Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Matt Ryan. I want to say it's false, but if it's, if it's, if even if it is false, it's got to be close. The answer is it is crap because only Matt Ryan of that group is averaging less points per game than Aaron Rodgers. So Marcus Mariota <laughs> and Jimmy G have more fantasy points per game than Aaron Rodgers right now. And even looking down here, oh, where are they? I have to keep scrolling. Um, Matt Ryan is averaging a grand total of like 2.5 less fantasy points per game. I just threw that in there because kicks and giggles. Yeah. And this was neat. To us, this was an easy one in the offseason. Yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers was still going quarterback 10, quarterback 11. And it just didn't make any sense. I know he's fantastic. But this, this this offense has no downfield threats. There's nothing. And when you watch them play the Giants, you watch them play the Patriots, everything is in the running game, passes to running backs, short flat over the middle, jump passes – or uh, excuse me, jump balls to Alan Lazard. I mean, that, that's it. There's just not there's nothing happening in this offense, and just, these these young receivers may improve, uh, but it's why we were hesitant to tell you to drink the the Kool Aid on Romeo Dobbs because it's just so much inconsistency. If you're not Alan Lazard catching touchdowns every week, <laughs> then <laughs> running backs are all you want in this offense, and I don't see how that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, it's just one of those things of once again, like if you listen to this podcast because we're here year round. This was an easy call that we were sitting here telling people, hey, stay away because it's going to be a death trap. There's no one else there. And historically, he doesn't throw the ball to rookies well. The only reason why he's been so good with Devontae Adams is because they've been BFFs mind-melting for the past, like, what, nine years, something like that? But, I mean, like, just this is absolutely insane. That offense on its entirety does not look good. And and similar to the Cowboys, they have a good defense, so they don't have to – play from behind and play fantasy catch-up like the commanders are doing, where their defense mm-hmm. is so atrocious, they fall into fantasy points because they have to keep throwing it. The Packers have the formula to be successful this year. It's play good defense, it's run the ball with your two good running backs, and hit the passes when you have to. They can win games like that, but it's not fantasy productive. Hey, here's a here's a fun one that I threw in there just for you before we hit the break. Hey, uh, gents, fact or crap? Miles Sanders has more fantasy points scored than Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, and Joe Mixon. Combined? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, no, I've seen the stat, and yeah, he's got more. Uh-huh. Than Guess what? He also has more points per game than all those people. Face. Yep. yep. 
Yep, they played a game in the rain last week. That's true. Dude, oh, we're going to fight. We are going to fight over Miles Sanders one of these days, throw some hands, and it's going to be a good time. Um, because, like, And I'll just say this because, yes, he is my beloved child. But listen to the carry counts <clears throat> since week – I'll say week one even. 13 carries week one. Okay, whatever. We expected that. Since then, 17 carries, 15 carries, 27 carries, 15 carries. I don't care. If you drafted Miles Sanders to be your RB3 most cases in most situations because I think his value was pushed far enough down like the sixth or seventh round a lot of times. So in redraft leagues, this guy is winning you money weekly. And if you're telling me that my guy is getting 15 attempts with this offense, there's always a decent chance it's going to fall into the end zone. But and these are two different conversations. Miles Sanders' stock is way up from the preseason. Mm-hmm. It's higher than I imagine. It's higher than you imagine. Oh, 100%. Probably. So these are two different conversations. Um, the reason why I, I mentioned the Jacksonville game in jest is oh, he had 27 right. carries. No, you're right. That, I'm that's not, not going to happen hardly ever again. I just think that the story has not changed on Miles Sanders from the standpoint of he's going to get you anywhere from 50 to 85-ish rushing yards weekly. Consistently, he's probably. Which I agreed you with you, by the way. Yeah, he's going to catch you two or three passes a game for about fifteen yards. The, the this whole let me make this simple for the listening audience, for you and I, and you know this just as well as I do. Mm-hmm. This entire bet's going to come down to touchdowns. That's yep. what's going. That's what's going to happen. Is if he scores, I if he, he scores three right now. So I'll say that I feel like if he scores, hits like what ten touchdowns. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna give you more than that. I was gonna say if, oh, if he scores more darling. than. Well, I was, no, no, not more touchdowns, but I was okay, going to say if he if he scores more than eight on the season, you've got a really good shot of him being top 15. Um, and for any other reason, you know, because of us talking about having to play 12 games, you're starting to lose players from that conversation. Cordell Patterson, who's ahead of him, gone. Injuries. Penny, who wasn't ahead of him, but had a chance, gone. You're slowly going to start Javante feeling Williams, his field back. gone. Javante Williams, gone. Yeah, so you've got other guys that can come back in. And we'll see how this plays out, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's going to come down to touchdowns. The reason why I have confidence that it can still be done is when they get in the red zone, and we saw this yesterday, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is the preferred rushing offense. Yep. Excuse me, the preferred rushing option in this offense. I think I don't think you're wrong with the first sentence statement either. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're 1,000% correct. I think it's just one of those things of every game with Miles Sanders, you're going to have a chance – at a red zone touchdown, maybe two, and probably about 50 to 80 yards, like we've said. And if you get that from your running back two position, you're winning the ADP cost value. You're winning just from player value. And I do think that there will come a point where he will be a sell high candidate. And he, like, honestly, he probably is right now. But I just feel like he's so rock steady with every single week. You're not going to be disappointed with what you get. You'd like him against Dallas next week? I mean, not I, really, but I'm going to play him. <laughs> well, of course, you're going to play him, but that's that's not what you want to play against. Just because right in another league where I have Miles Sanders, AJ Dillon, Brees Hall, I'm benching Miles and Dillon for Brees just because matchups yeah. and happiness. But yeah, but that's that's yeah. the easy decision. Yeah. But anyways, thanks for sticking around with the first half. That was fact or crap, gents. I wasn't paying attention, but I think you went four and two or something like that. It was over five hundred for me. It's a net dub. You passed the class. I'm proud of you. I'll send your diploma in the snail mail. Um, Reach forward. Hit that button twice. We'll be back in the second half with week five in review. Catch in a couple seconds. Oh, look. It just looks like Texas scored on OU again. Oh, wait. Sorry. That 
That was the weekend. I'm not apologizing as an OSU fan. A shade of orange one, and I'm a happy camper. Great weekend. 49 nothing. Real, real quick on this subject. John I, good. I, I could still tell that I was like a, <laughs> I was still suffering from last year's trauma because <laughs> no. it's 28 to zero at halftime. Even at halftime, with how that game went, I still find myself like, don't get excited. <laughs> been here before. It's Meanwhile, so... <laughs> everybody else is like posting the Simpsons meme of like, stop it, he's already dead. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you're over there, like, you're just like, I'm not leaving. I don't believe it. I don't no, believe it. You can't after last year. You can't go Dude, there. Real quick, how do they not let their quarterback actually try to throw the ball? Like you, you're like you had a tight end, a running back, a wide receiver, all taking snaps and stuff. I'm just like, this is dumb. You recruited the guy for a reason. At least give him a shot. Good God. But that's what I couldn't figure out. But you lost four nine to zero doing your game plan, which was conservative to the core. What what are you trying to tell me? If he drops back and gets sacked every time or throws a pick six, how is it worse? Works? Yeah, at least God, you tried. I don't I didn't I'm with you. I didn't understand it. It's great. Uh, it, yeah, no, like don't get me wrong. Like I was enthused by seeing it, but I was also very confused by seeing it. <clears throat> at least bring in the backup general booty if you're gonna let him fling the rock around. Although I don't know if you want people to catch that rock. That's kind of gross. Yeah, I wanted that just for the memes. I needed that. <laughs> for the memes and giggles. <laughs> but anyways, gonna roll right into this barn burner of an opener where you had um, the Indianapolis Colts travel to Mile High Stadium and beat the Denver Broncos. Brace yourselves, twelve to nine, in a field goal fest. Both of these horses or Colts need to be taken out back and shot and turned into Elmer's glue. That was Russ, just a, hey, that was a hey, nice one to watch. His, to his credit, Russ was very dangerous. It was just to your eyeballs <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, neither quarterback. Which stat line do you like better? Matt Ryan's twenty six of forty one for two fifty one and two picks. Or Russell Wilson's 21 of 39 for 274, two picks, and 22 rushing yards. They're both bad. The stat line I love the best, which amazed me. I think between these two teams, there were six fumbles lost, none recovered by the opposing team, which is an amazing stat. No, that can't be that can't be accurate. Matt Ryan's in the game. He got at least two or three right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah, you just you just gotta slide that right in there. But um I mean, Melvin Gordon, 15 for 40 of, or 54. I mean, he was the, the guy, but I don't know if you're comfortable with that. Um, Mike Boone looked good uh, yeah. as well. Mike Boone definitely showed up. Um, Deion Jackson, good in replacement. And if JT can't play next week, he will be my call for the leader of this backfield. I mean, 13 carries for 62 yards and four receptions for 29. I mean, it is what it is. Now, I think we can throw this out there. Alec Pierce, eight receptions for 81 yards this is now back-to-back games where he has been targeted or actually the last three games where he has been looked at and targeted by matt ryan i mean three catches for 61 four for 80 and this week eight for 81 is this just a second guy in this offense or is he kind of developing into like an every week flex player i haven't gotten to the point where i'm ready to use him as a flex player but i think you have to be encouraged that indianapolis for last three years has been just starving for somebody to be the number two in this offense and nobody stepped up to this point. Alec Pierce looks like he's that guy. So you have to hope and believe that he's beginning to develop that rapport with Matt Ryan, someone he can trust. And from what I've been able to see, not that I've seen a lot of, you know, every second of Colts games or all of Alec Pierce's tape, but his, his sure handedness was 
readily available in that game. That whenever they needed yardage, whenever they needed a sure catch, he was there for it. If he can continue to do that, then yeah, I think he's going to have long-term flex appeal this year if that continues. Yeah, and there was just a couple of times where Matt Ryan needed the yardage and Alec Pierce made the play happen. Like there's a couple of bad balls that was thrown directly to the defensive back where Alec Pierce literally snagged it from the jaws of death. Um, but that's just, it's like you said, something to keep an eye on. Unless you're me and you need to start him over like Noah Brown and Josh Palmer next week in yeah. OG, <laughs> don't probably play him, but definitely he should be someone you add for waivers just for kicks and giggles if you're thin at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, on the other side, I don't really know if there's much to bring from the offense. Uh, the, the pass catchers, I think Cortland Sutton's just a dog. Um, and even Cortland Sutton's one big catch, he stole it from – was it KJ mm-hmm. Hamler, whoever? I mean, he just took yeah. it from him like 40 yards. So oh, even that's speaking of KJ Hamler, dude. Oh. Is, is Russell Wilson just going blind because he did not see the widest well, I, of open? Routes. I didn't know how to feel about this because I get it. The meme is the memes are fun. The context is fun, but it, it's clear that KJ Hamler was not the first read on that. Yeah, that it's clear it was, and you don't blame him because Cortland's big. KJ's right, right. And so from the steel from the, from the steel photo from that play. Russ is looking fully to his left at Corlin Sutton. Mm-hmm. So th- I give it a little bit of a pass from the standpoint. Yeah, he's running wide open, but you have to go through your process of one's not there. I look two, two's not there. I look three. Well, it, he was in the process of reading one, and by the time two came open, he'd already moved on. And I, so I it, guess it looks bad for memes. I didn't think it was egregious at the time because it's like he, he didn't see him because he wasn't reading. That. Yeah. And, and plus, I would also say the spot where he was throwing to was also where Cortland Sutton was traveling through. It's just at the immediate moment, KJ Hamler was had 15 rooms of gr- yards of green grass in between Russell yeah. and him and was just there. Uh, spiked his but, helmet afterwards. And I don't blame him for being frustrated yeah, no, at least because he's open when he's open. For that part, I get. Uh, we'll uh, truck right along to um, the shocker of the week, <laughs> the New York Giants beating the Green Bay Packers in London. Um, Daniel Jones, the number 13 quarterback on the year, 21-27, 2-17, 10 rushes for 37 yards, took care of the ball. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's not like he had a bad game, but he didn't have a good game. He had 222 yards and two touchdowns. It's just in single quarterback leagues, I don't think you can start him. Like, I really don't. Like, they play the Jets no, next week. Can, and the way the quarterback position has worked this year, you can find better. Yeah, like, they play the Jets and then Washington. Like, sure, he can have those two. But if he doesn't put up, like, a top five quarterback performance against one or both of those, red flags all around. Um, running back position, Saquon Barkley continued his rampage. 70 rushing yards, touchdown, three receptions. Um, now, my question yep. for you is, is – sorry, do you have something to say? Uh, just saying stay healthy, please. Yeah, for your Empire team, please. Uh, the Green Bay running backs, what do you do? Do you just play Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon's no more than a bench option now? Because he hasn't scored double-digit points since week one. And each week you've seen his carry count go down. I think at this point you have to. I mean, it it, it hurts to say because A.J. Dillon looks so good last year. And I'm not saying it looks terrible this year, but it's it's clear from every metric we have that Aaron Jones has been more efficient. He's been more efficient with his carries, been more efficient with his catches. And if you're Green Bay, you have to see that. And that's not to say that you erase A.J. Dillon from the game plan, but there's no reason right now that Aaron Jones shouldn't get more carries, shouldn't get more catches until something changes or says otherwise. And so for that reason, I'm benching A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. I think you are in a league. Yeah. Um, 
So I, th- I think this game is pretty straightforward. It's Aaron Jones. It's Saquon Barkley. It's Alan Lazard. He's going to catch a touchdown almost every week. And then you're just guessing who's going to be that number two for Green Bay. Yeah, Al- Alan Lazard is the only safe start at wide receiver for Green Bay. And whenever it comes to the Giants, you can't start any of these pass catchers. Like, yeah, if you wanted to add Darius Slayton, go for it. But, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to recommend it. It's like drinking apple cider vinegar. Sure, it might be good for you, but it tastes really, really bad. Well, and I'm still the opinion for if you didn't hear our podcast last week, if he's still available in any of your redraft leagues, especially if an IR spot, go out and get Wandell Robinson. We don't know. He might, not, he might be nothing, but there are targets and opportunity available. And this is a guy they went up and got in the second round mm-hmm. higher than most people thought. So you just got to keep that in mind. And now we're going to travel to the beatdown of the week, the Pittsburgh, not Steelers. They're more like aluminum foils. Got trashed three to thirty-eight by the Buffalo Bills. By the way, it was like tw- it was like thirty-one to three at halftime. I think it could have been much worse. It could have been so much worse. Yeah, if this was Madden, this game would have been like one hundred twenty-eight to three. If this was you know just player two disconnected, is what you would have seen. Um, I will say though, uh, Kenny Pickett thirty-four of fifty-two for three twenty-seven in a pick. But I mean that pick was just a deep shot down the field. Like, I'm not mad at that. I think as a Kenny Pickett manager, you should be encouraged both in redraft and dynasty just because that ain't that bad. Yeah, no, he, for these first, what, game and a half, mm-hmm. I think you have to be excited about Kenny Pickett. On the Steelers' side of the ball, the one person you have to start getting concerned about beyond Najee, we, we ran that we'll get ground, is Deontay Johnson. I mean, mm-hmm. the targets are still there. It's 13, but it's just – I don't know that at this point that he's going to be more than a target hog who has really, really, really low yards for reception, yards per target. And plenty and, of bad drops every game. And George Pickens is kind of getting that ball rolling like we hoped. He's making those awesome catches that we expect to see from him. I'm not saying you sell your Deontay Johnson stock. I'm not saying you bench him. I'm just saying that something Over to keep your expectations. Yes. Um, I, I, I will go back to the dead horse that we buried and then dug up and then buried again. Um, <laughs> Najee Harris, 11 carries for 20 yards, three receptions for 16. And the thing that I want to bring up is just the backup to Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, five carries in this very same game for 24 yards and four receptions for 39 yards. Najee has to have like a foot injury or something. I will stand by that. It just, he looks slow. He does not look good. Um, yeah. Uh, real quick with wide receivers. Yes, Gabe Davis had a great game. Yes, you should try to trade high because he's going to be a boomer bust wide receiver too or flex player for pretty much all year. But we made the joke about it earlier, but it's serious to me. I really do see Gabe Davis similar to how we saw Tyler Lockett. That you're, I wouldn't sit him any week that he's out there because you don't want to miss the boom weeks, but you need to be reasonable mm-hmm. that he may go three for 171 and two like he did this week. He also might go three for 18, yep. and you just have to understand that's the possibility that you're going to live with here. It's it's just yeah. This game mostly you just take it, you move on. But for Pittsburgh, the schedule doesn't get any better because I know we've talked about this. Just beleaguered the point. They get Tampa next week, then at Miami, at Philadelphia, bye week, home game against New Orleans, home against Cincinnati, then at Indianapolis. They don't have their first plus matchup till probably Atlanta week thirteen. Just if you have a Steeler, just brace yourself for pain. Um, moving on to the Chargers beating Cleveland in their home 30 to 28 after a ballsy fourth and two. And like, what? It was like the 20 something year old line. Like midfield. It was, it was gross. It was like, you saw it, you cringed, but he went for it. They got it. They, they 
produce, they produce through it. Um, Austin Eckler, probably the game of his year, 16 carries for 173 yards, a touchdown, and then four receptions for 26 and a touchdown. I mean, he's dispelling my fears I had earlier this year. I think is I think he's back. Well, it's amazing that through the first three weeks he wasn't even in the top twenty mm-hmm. running backs, and then after two more games he is the running back two on the season. Just <laughs> amazing. Running back one in PPR leagues. This is running back as a whole, and I'm interested to see at the end of this year. To borrow Taylor's word, and interested if I want to see the running back scoring at the end of the year because I feel like it's just lower in general. Um. Across the field, Nick Chubb does Nick Chubb thing, 17 for buck 34 and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt caught a touchdown. I still think he's a flex at best. Um, Josh Kelly, I think, is officially the backup for Austin Eckler. So if you have Eckler on a, on a roster and you want his handcuff, go snag Josh Kelly. 10 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown, two receptions for 33. Um, the wide receivers, Amari Cooper, he's kind of a boomer bust wide receiver too. Like he's kind of in that slush of – wide receiver 22 through like 30 for me when it comes to like ranking people. You just can't ever be comfortable with it. But Mike Williams, 10 for 134. Two seconds on Josh Palmer. Is he still just injured or like last year he was the auto replacement for Keenan Allen. This year he's just a guy. I mean, I, I don't know. But and what's weird about it is the targets are – well, last week weren't there. He got hurt partially through. Yeah, but besides injured. that, he's got eight targets, nine targets, six this pack, past week. It's just, he's not doing anything with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that Justin Herbert and him are just not on the same wavelength, the connection. Maybe they can work on that and get better. But it's just, it's just something not clicking with Josh Palmer because we believe the talent is there. Mm-hmm. You and I both believe that, the draft capital and stuff like that. But just something's, something doesn't meet the eye test, the smell test on that one. And moving on, and the tight end position, uh, <clears throat> Gerald Everett definitely hurt your soul, but you're still going to start him because he's a tight end. David Njoku, he had a great game, six for six receptions for 88 yards. Uh, that's a good game. You just you have to start him every week. Yep. Uh, progressing to Houston, traveling to Jacksonville. I thought this was the upset of the week for me because I was like, Jacksonville should trounce. Um. Damien, I think this was just Damian Pierce, 26 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown, including one one run where he made like seven guys look like fools. And then I think um, I think it was Fantasy Pros or fan, some other some analytic website said that he forced 17 missed tackles in this game alone, and that's the most they've ever charted. Yeah. Well, here's, here's a question for you to talk about how impressive Damian Pierce has been. Going back to our one of our conversations from earlier, Dynasty. Right now, do you take Damian Pierce? Do you take Ken Walker? Because I I made this trade in Dynasty. Yeah, I I traded away <clears throat> Damian Pierce for for uh, Kenneth Walker, thinking easy money, A plus trade. It doesn't look. I mean, it's not bad, but it doesn't look as easy as it did. <laughs> I, true. I would still lean towards. I would rather have Ken Walker because I trust Pete Carroll in Seattle to be able to make that team progress a little bit quicker and be better a little bit faster than we do Houston. Plus I feel like with Damian Pierce being a fourth round pick, there's a chance he could be next year's Michael Carter to where if there's another guy that comes along that the Texans like more, they could draft him ahead. So honestly in dynasty, I am probably trying to cash in trying to get what I can. Um, Not that you should like rush to the table, but I do feel like, Currently, he is overinflated, and you know everyone's going to overpay for running backs. But maybe you uh, trade him after they play Las Vegas in Week Seven, and then Tennessee in Week Eight, 
Then after that, they play Philly, the Giants. So, I mean, that's two rough games. But, I mean, he's he's a good player. We Once again, what? another guy you and I loved in the pre-draft. Oh, well, I was going to give you credit on that. I mean, he's had a great season. And when you and I were doing our, our tape review in the offseason, going mm-hmm. through these prospects, you sent me – you sent me his name. I hadn't even heard of him and looked up. And this is a guy that – this is this what's amazing about college to professional. This guy didn't even get majority of touches at Florida. Nope. They would not let him touch the ball more than like 10 times. But you and I, and you showed him to me, you can watch this guy on film and you could just tell that he just he just had it. It's there. He's showing that now in Houston, and I'm curious to see how far it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, Travis Etienne kind of – I'm not going to say took over the backfield because – they had pretty much the same amount of touches. Um, ETN just had a more explosive carries because, I mean, 10 for 71. Is this just a backfield that's kind of gross for the rest of the year and it's going to be split or do you see ETN eventually taking his yeah, – my, my first thought that I didn't want to go there is this This feels somewhat like the Patriots. Now, the difference is the Patriots have a two-running back belief system. Mm-hmm. That's just how they choose to run things. I, I think we will get some clarity on this running back room in Jacksonville relatively quickly. But if you're a James Robinson owner, you have to be concerned that he only got 10 carries. He has to get substantial carries to be valuable because he's not going to catch the ball like ETN. So you've you've got to see those numbers go back up to get back on the horse. I think that this is just the game script dependent. Like if you expect them to <coughs> – oh, my God. <laughs> Whew, almost died there. If you expect Jacksonville to be ahead or playing with a lead, James Robinson is probably the guy. Um, if it's the flip side, it's going to be Travis ETN. But as this week showed us, Good luck predicting that. Um, real quick with the wide receivers, Christian Kirk, you're going to play him every week. He has a down game. What? Not, yeah, not an issue. Um, five seconds. Is Brandon Cooks coming into the point of where he has to show us something next um, when they come back against Las Vegas? Because right now he's wide receiver 47 in standard, 35 in PPR. He's hitting targets, but nothing else. I started to get to that point, and I, I think I had heard on CBS today as well that I think your greater concern if you're Houston, just the passing game as a whole, is it just mm-hmm. – we saw some good flashes at Davis, Mill, Davis Mills last year, and we were hopeful that he would continue to develop and grow, and we just we really haven't seen that this year. He just kind of seems like he is the same guy. And without that growth and improvement, I mean, he threw for 140 yards. I mean, I think that tells you the story as to <laughs> the ceiling for this passing offense and Brandon Cooks if that kind of production continues. Moving on to Chicago, traveling to Minnesota and catching the L, um, 22-29. You were right. Justin Fields hit the over with passing yards. Get two away. I'm shocked. I uh, didn't turn the ball over. That's good. Um, Kirk Cousins had a great game. Um, I think this game's pretty straightforward and simple. Like Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook. You're always going to play him. Um, Justin Jefferson, amazing. Don't play a pass catcher from the Bears. I don't care until we see better. Um, but the one thing I think that stood out was when David Montgomery's healthy, it's his backfield and no one can take it from him. Yep. And I, and I do want to say that I, I do think this is a positive game from Justin for Justin Fields. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, probably his best game of the season, which is a whole lot, but they gave him more than 20 attempts. Got Good on you, Bears. And we see what can happen. I mean, he's going to get 40 or 50 yards rushing, and if he could just get over 200 and get a touchdown or two, this is a valuable fantasy asset. I'm not telling you to go out and get him. I'm just saying <laughs> this is something to watch. Just let him throw the ball, Chicago, please. Please, for the love of God. Uh, going to another blowout that was kind of, once again, surprising, the – Ever so close to being four and one, Detroit Lions that are actually one and four, getting goose by the New England Patriots, twenty nine to nothing. Nothing on the Detroit offense looked good. I mean, Josh Reynolds had six receptions for ninety two yards. Amon Ra played, but I think the ankle was still hampering him. 
they're going to get healthier through their bye week. TJ Hawkinson, it, it was a crap week, but he's a tight end. What do you expect um, from New England? Damian Harris pulled a hammy. We forgot to mention this earlier. But Ramondre went 25 for 161 and two receptions for 14. If Damian's out for like any period of time, I think he's going to come back as the backup. And this is the interesting dynamic with Patriots running backs. The problem is not that New England's running game as a whole is not good. It's usually very good. It's that there's always two guys eating each other. In this context, Damian Harris could be out for – we don't want to speculate, mm-hmm. but he's going to be out for some time. Ramon J. Stevenson, especially with, with um, Ty Montgomery out in the IR, he was in for almost every single snap yesterday. That means he got carries, he got catches, he got third down work, he got goal line. This is a guy that could easily be top 12 running back mm-hmm. for these weeks that Damian Harris is out. That's no lie. Definitely. So you have to be happy if you have him. Definitely. Um, and then the wide receivers from New England, I mean, from Bailey Zappi, the, the rookie, I mean, zap, zap. Uh, <laughs> Jacoby Myers, seven receptions for 111, one touchdown. By the way, I got that um, inspiration from, I believe it was Mike Wright from Fantasy Footballers. <laughs> Love him. There you go. Um, but seven receptions for 111 and a touchdown for Jacoby Myers. When he plays, he is the wide receiver core Ignore everyone else. Yeah, he's very good. In, in half-point PPR, you could probably find worse in your flex. And in PPR leagues, I mean, I don't oh, know how you get my lineup. He, he can get my lineup. 100% cash. Because in PPR leagues, currently he is the wide receiver 39, but that's after missing two games. I mean, in Jacoby, I trust. And I remember you and I made a draft day trade, it was like three years ago, involving Jacoby Myers, where I was high on him, but I wanted him. But you got Alexander Madison. I had Dalvin. I had to make the swap skis and it hurt my soul, but it's okay because I'm still in tears of it. It's fine. <laughs> um, going to Seattle, getting beaten by the New Orleans Taysom Hills, 39 to 32. Uh, Geno Smith, like we talked about earlier, had a great game. Andy Dalton, eh, whatever. Uh, we talked about the running backs ad nauseum. Now, Alvin Kamara, like two seconds here. Is he back? 23 carries, one of 103 yards, six receptions for 91, or is this just the Seattle defense? I think you have to hope so because we didn't think that Alvin Kamara just got monster and had his talent sucked out, but mm-hmm. we just knew that something just hadn't happened. So hopefully with him finally having a game, kind of like basketball, seeing it go through the net a couple of times, seeing a performance, that this can be what he needs to get on brand, so to speak. So I, I think we could see more of the same going forward. Uh, Chris Olave, four catches, 54 yards and touchdown. <clears throat> Unfortunately, concussion on the touchdown, but the thing is, is he was unconscious and he still pulled it down. He's an absolute lockdown wide receiver one. He might be behind Jahan Dotson. I think he might be the steal of the 2022 rookie draft class. I, think, I mean, him and Drake London are one, two right now. It have to be in your dynasty rookie rankings, at least to mm-hmm. me. And he might be pushing for one more than two. At this moment. What's the old saying? It's like, I'm trying to think of how it goes. It's like, uh, it's like, I'm either first or second. I'm not second. That's <laughs> kind of his mentality here. Listen, I respect that. On the other side, the, Seattle Seahawks wide receivers, good game. Tyler Lockett, 5 for 104 and 2. DK Metcalf, 5 for 88 and 1. You're going to keep playing. You're staying in the flames. Um, now, the real question is, Taysom Hill, do you leave him on the waivers? Or, like, what do you do? Because, I mean, two weeks in a I mean, three of the four weeks he's played, he's gotten over eight fantasy points. And here, get this, he's the tight end two in standard leagues. He's a tight end seven in PPR so leagues. So messed up. Tight end position sucks. Now, you, I think I think this is very simple. Is if Andy Dalton's a starting quarterback, you can start Taysom Hill. If James Winston's a starting quarterback, I think it makes it easy because it's it's very clear who these two guys are. Andy Dalton has mm-hmm. always been a check down guy. They go to the first read guy. James Winston is the opposite. He is the 
throw it downfield and see who comes up with it. I think it makes your decision easier. Picking up a little steam here. Um, the Miami Dolphins get shreckled by the New York Jets, uh, 40 to 17. But Teddy Bridgewater got injured on the very first play, was diagnosed with a concussion, passed the old concussion protocol. But because someone thought they saw him wobble once, he was no longer allowed to come back into the game. Um, yeah, that's you're not uh, want to trip. <laughs> no, you don't want to trip at all. God like, forbid you get suspected or you just happen to fall. That's what's going to happen. That's going to happen at least once. And I guarantee you that's when everything's going to freak out. Um, but Zach Wilson protected the ball 14 and 14 completions, 210 yards, um, four carries and a rushing touchdown. Um, let me just crack my knuckles here. Oh, breeze freaking hall, baby. 18 for 97, two receptions for hundred yards. Yes, that was fluky. But the thing I want to point out is he could have also had two additional touchdowns on this. This could have been a, a 40 point game. Oh, sweet, merciful shuttle. Yes. Um, but kind of like we said, I think it was three weeks ago. We said, it was before they played the Browns. When was that? That was week two? Yeah. So it was going into the Pittsburgh week where we were saying that it's about to be Brees Hall's world. We The transition's and, happening. And you and I had this conversation in the offseason. It's, it's the, we, we knew Brees Hall was very talented. The only question we had was how long is it going to take for the Jets to, to figure this it. out, what we all kind of understand. And it's about like we thought. It's going to take five, six, seven weeks, and then he's going to be the stud that we think he is. Yep, and so you missed your opportunity to buy him, but honestly, in redraft, if you can still buy high, I think you should probably should. Uh, their, their next schedule coming up is at Green Bay, at Denver, home game against New England, then against Buffalo. So, I mean, it's not like they're cakewalks, but he's going to get the work. Um, York with only three losses between the two teams. It's amazing. God, I'm so confused by that. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, on the other side, Raheem Mostert, 18 carries, 113 yards, one touchdowns. Chase Edmonds is a dead man. It's Raheem Mostert's world. One touch? In yeah. One touch? The $12 million man they signed 40 minutes after free agency started. What? That doesn't make any sense. I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but that's either. fine. If he's not your guy, that's fine. But why'd you pay him? Uh-huh. Why would you pay him? It's just – and even as a Dolphins fan, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Uh, going to the wide receivers for the Dolphins, forget about it. Is a third string quarterback, undrafted rookie free agent. Shrug your shoulders. You're still going to start Jalen and Tyreek next week if they're healthy. Wide receivers for the Jets, kind of a down game. But once again, whenever you're up, you get up real fast from two breakaway plays from Brees Hall. Nothing crazy is going to happen. I'm going to Atlanta versus Tampa Bay, and the most frustrating non-roughing the passer call of my lifetime that was called. Tom Brady is just a whiny baby boy who is trying to kick everybody when he gets sacked because you see him like flare that leg up. I'm just like, dude, stop it. And everyone's like, he's, he's going through, he's going through a tough personal time right now. I, I understand that, but <laughs> homeboy, like, oh my God. Like everyone's like, he's 11 to go and 11 no against Atlanta. I'm like, okay, but he should have probably had a chance to lose this one. Anyways, I'm just salty about that. Marcus Mariota showed back up. Mostly it was seven carries for 61 yards and nothing through the air. Tom Brady, 351 and one. I'm indifferent about it. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I personally would sell if you can. 14 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown, but 10 receptions for 83 yards and one touchdown. Yeesh. Well, and I don't necessarily disagree with selling him if you can get really good. Like if you can go up to like Saquon or you can get up into like even like – uh, but but his thing is always going to be receptions. I mean, to, yeah. to his credit, the last three games, his targets are 6, 7, 11 with 
35, 57, 83. So, I mean, he's going to catch the ball. That's going to be a nice floor for him. Mike Evans, solid game. Chris Godwin, solid game. You're always going to start them if they're healthy. Drake London, same thing. I mean, he only had 5.5 points. But he got seven targets. You can't ask for more than that. Um, <clears throat> don't worry. They they might have missed Kyle Pitts a little bit because they did nothing. But eh, who cares? It's Kyle Pitts. He did nothing, too. <laughs> Moving on. Tennessee, Tennessee uh, beat the Washington Commanders 21-17. Uh, Carson Wentz threw for f- 359 yards, two touchdowns, and an INT. Um, Derrick Henry came full blown out, uh, 26 or 28 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions. This Washington backfield though, like Brian Robinson came back out was a good story, but you like Ron Rivera, I'm questioning every little bit of football evaluation he has, not because of Antonio Gibson as like a manager, but because of he's so much better than JD McKissick, but yet McKissick is still out there. And they came out saying today, it's like, he, he has a good chance to return kicks. I'm like, you are wasting what you have. He must have done something to somebody because it, it just is so very clear they don't like him. I don't know if they want just, him. I don't know. It does not make any sense. A guy who toted the ball 258 times last season had over 1,000 rushing yards, and now you're just, no, go play special teams. And if this, if this is a line of the future, seven, but six touches, I mean, you can't do anything with that. That's with, with no one in this backfield, they're all hands off. So you just wait and see what happens. Yep. Just I'm once again, I will say this until it happens. Antonio Gibson is a buy low in dynasty because they're going to cut him in the off season. Thank God. And he's going to go somewhere that needs a running back. Go to Miami. It'd be really good there. Uh, wide receivers, John Brown, two for one on five and two before this game, he had six yards to his name. Uh, no, thanks. Uh, there's, I don't think there's anything else that st- sticks out from this game. Do you have anything? Nope. Cut and dry. Moving on to San Francisco beating um, Carolina Panthers 37 to 15. Tevin Coleman, two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson still had a great game, 17 carries for 120 yards. Uh, CMC, the big thing here is, yes, he had 14 carries for 54 yards and a touch, but most importantly, he had seven uh, receptions on 12 targets for 50 yards. He's back to that elite number one uh, floor, or yeah, floor, honestly. But with Baker Mayfield being in a walking boot afterwards, they said it was nothing, but what if it's not? What if this, whoever the new coach is, says, screw this? Well, it's going to be a big week of change. From, from what I heard, they say he's going to miss, they expect him to miss a couple of weeks. Oh, Baker Mayfield. PJ Walker. Sometime. So they're already saying PJ Walker in line to start this week. <sighs> I don't know what you can expect from this offense. I mean, the bones are there from the standpoint they have some decent players, but it's just so nasty. I The hope you have is they just sit down with the coaching change and they just make the game plan simple. And they say, hey, whatever DJ it takes, Moore, CMC. We, get the, we get the ball in the hands of our best playmakers in space. Make it simple. We'll yeah. see if that can happen. I, I agree with you, and that's why I feel like potentially in the next week or two, you're going to see a spike with DJ Moore and CMC just because – Hopefully, wherever this new coach is, says, hey, these two guys are really good at football. Let's get them the ball and see what happens. Um, I'm, I'm done talking about the Panthers. They're gross. On San Francisco, are you starting to get concerned with Debo Samuel? Two carries, 12 yards, two receptions for 20 yards and a touchdown. Like, Brandon Ayuk is droppable and redraft, in my opinion. Sure. Dynasty is a whole. But what do you do with Debo? I mean, you drafted him as a top five wide receiver. He's uh, so consistent. I mean, he's not having the boom weeks that you would hope from Debo. But, I mean – 
He's just he's such a red zone threat. They're going to give him carries. They're going to find him. That, that's the one thing that, that the Fortnite's do great with him is even if he doesn't get substantial touches, he gets the touches that matter. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to change. So if you draft him to be top six in redraft, bad mistake. We told you not a great Don't idea. do it, yeah. But be fringe top ten rest of the year, yeah, I can buy that. Uh, going to Philadelphia in the Battle of the Birds, Philadelphia traveling to Arizona, winning 20-17 to after a last-second missed field goal by Arizona. And Kyler Murray. Why do you start sliding before the first down marker when you're literally like, you know, half a foot from it? And spike it on third down. And then you spike it on third and one. I mean, like you could literally just snap it and stick the ball out. I know you got those little baby legs. You're kind of short, so you might have to jump. But you could have got the first down pretty easily. <laughs> um, from this game, I think the biggest thing that stood out, like, yeah, Jalen Hurts had a good game. Um, but James Conner and Daryl Williams both went out with an injury, and Eno Benjamin came in and, he didn't blow your socks off, but, I mean, he had 11, 11 total touches for 63 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be a waiver pickup. If you see him, grab him. Uh, James Conner has not looked good this year anyways, so. Michael Moore is kind of the, the big guy for me in this game. Yeah. I mean, he's he's effectively going to take that Greg Dortch role. And if you had him, traded him, or I actually traded him to you for a second. I think you dropped him and traded him. <laughs> I did. Um, this is what you hope for. I mean, they drafted him with decent capital last year, and he's getting targets. He's getting touches. Keep an eye on this. Arizona took away the wide receiver one, as per the usual. So Devonta Smith had 10 receptions for 87 yards. Um, A.J. Brown, three for 32. But keep going on. Now, just remember, Arizona's going to get D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, back in a couple weeks where this world will change. We will have our official perspective on that probably at the end of week seven. So just be listening for that. Play whichever tight end is playing Arizona next week. Whoever oh my that gosh. is. Yes. They are awful against Let's see the here. They play Seattle. So Will Disley, oh, start yeah, up. That's cash money. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, the now 4 and 1 Cowboys, went to Los Angeles and beat them 22 to 10. Um, we've kind of talked about this game a little bit. Tony Pollard, 8 for 86 and a touchdown. Most of that was on like a 50 yard touchdown run. Zeke Elliott, 22 for 78. Uh, not bad. Um, I think the biggest question from this game is. The Rams' offense is bad. When does it start permeating to Cooper Cup? Their offensive line, I don't think it will because he's so talented that he can get targets in any area of the field, short, middle, and deep. So Cooper Cup, safest could be. The question you got to ask yourself is for Stafford, is he going to be able to get this funk? And for the running backs, because that offensive line is so bad, it's affecting both areas that Stafford's not going to be able to get, you know, he doesn't have the time to get the ball downfield. And there is, this running game is non existent. As it stands right now, you can't start anybody. Well, I mean, their offensive line is down. Like, I think from last season's roster, they're down like four guys from one from retirement. I think two from one from free agency and then two from injury. So, I mean, it's a struggle bus, but it doesn't get easier. Next week, Carolina's got a nasty front seven. They're coming to town. Then there's a bye week. Then they play. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah. Allen Robinson's dead. Uh, (laughs) Because after the bye, they play San Francisco, then Tampa Bay. Then they're at New Orleans. Like, it's a rough schedule, and the Rams Super Bowl schedule. Yeah, the Rams are probably going to miss the playoffs unless they get this crap straightened out. Um, now, are probably one of the better games of the week. Um, Cincinnati goes to Baltimore and loses seventeen to nineteen. Um, the biggest thing for me on this game, I would just say personally, is like you know Lamar looked. He looked I right, nothing special, but I feel like Cincinnati has his number because you can look back to a couple of years and Cincinnati always plays him good. But this was an interdivisional game, so mm-hmm. those are always lower scoring traditionally. And, and Lamar's biggest problem was, I mean, it was there for the taking from the standpoint. Well, the, the Tyler Wallace wide the open challenge. Walking. The Ravens on line of scrimmage, they went man to man. 
And as, as good as Lamar has looked passing the ball the first four weeks of, this, of the mm-hmm. season, it was equally as bad yeah. yesterday. I mean, he the interception he had, man Both, open, yeah. overthrew him, had two or three deep balls oh that were God. wide open that he made. I mean, just a bad game. Dude, that's all there is to it. There's that one to Devin Duvernay that was where he split the safety. He's like, that's a tougher pass, whatever, I get that. But the one to Tyler Wallace, yeah, when there's no one within 15 yards, like I see that and that's the stuff where I'm just like, ouch. That just hurts the soul. Um, Jamar Chase, go ahead. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. At which point do you start to get a little nervous about Jamar Chase? Not not long-term in Dynasty, yeah. but I mean, in redraft, do you still see him as a top two or three receiver right now? In redraft, I think you have to be a little concerned just because of what you've seen. and Kind of like the routes he's running is not helping him out. The way the offense is schemed is not helping. Like I saw a report on NBC Sports Edge where it's like, why are you scheming – why are you seeming better routes and better cut like plays for Samaj P. Ryan instead of Jamar Chase? Um, T. Higgins didn't play, which was weird, but they said he had an ankle injury, which but like he could have went if he needed to, but he couldn't. But I, I don't know. Um, this was just it was weird. You're going to play Jamar every week. I don't care who you are, but it is what it is. Do you have anything in closing? Our beloved platform just said get off. I'm going to take that as a no because his screen froze. But anyways, nope. thanks. Nope. There it is. One week of fantasy. <laughs> he froze. It's okay, though. But um, thank you for listening in, gents. As always, thank you for hopping on and talking shop with me. Um, you'll actually hear him again on Thursday because somebody has some other stuff to do. Taylor. You can find us on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF or through our email at the.misfit.ff at gmail.com where we'll answer all of your fantasy football questions. Once again, thank you for hopping on and listening. We'll catch you guys on Thursday where we talk about week six. Oh my God, bye weeks are here. Duh, duh, duh. See you guys later.